Greetings, and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this show explores the intersection of security, technology, and society, and thinks about what might be coming next. Every Monday, there's a news and analysis episode that condenses 5 to 20 hours of reading and analysis into a 15-minute summary, as well as regular essays, interviews, and book reviews that cover specific topics. The goal is to give you a concise, curated update on the most interesting things happening in the world, and to explore ideas that give you something to think about and prepare you for what's coming next. All right, welcome to episode 275. Before I get started, I want to say thanks to people who listen to the show. Been doing this since 2015, which is longer than most security podcasts out there, or really any podcast out there. But the style is kind of strange. It's kind of dry and to the point. And a lot of people want to be entertained or have guests on and tell jokes and stuff. And uh, I focused very much on being very crisp and clean and getting in and getting out and basically giving you just the news and some analysis and kind of being done with it, trying to get out within 20 minutes. And for the people who enjoy that, who are probably listening right now, I really appreciate you. And I hope uh, I continue to deliver value for you. And with that, here's the security news. There's been a number of major breaches at U.S. universities, including Stanford, as a result of the Excelion vulnerability. Data on 533 million Facebook users was made available for download. And the data is now in Have I Been Pwned? So you can check that out to see if you were a victim of that. Senator Rob Portman of Ohio, the top Republican on the Senate's Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee, says SolarWinds hackers got DHS's, quote, crown jewels. This evidently included access to the email accounts of the head of the DHS, as well as members of DHS's cybersecurity staff that's actually in charge of defending against cyber threats from foreign countries. So, evidently really bad. And this was while the whole solar wind stuff was going down. And yeah, just really depressing and also embarrassing for DHS. GitHub says secret scanning for private repositories is now available for enterprise accounts. And it looks like Ubiquity's breach was actually much larger than originally announced. And people are pretty unhappy about potentially being deceived about it. And it looks like there was kind of an admission that there was a disconnect between what was initially announced and what actually happened. I hardly react really to vendor breaches anymore, but I do react to indicators that vendors don't get the importance of good security and or being honest with customers. And if you combine this with the news that they're now putting ads in their admin interfaces, I'm officially concerned about the direction of the company. I think uh, Hacks for Pancakes, Leslie Carhart, said it pretty well that she was actually more bothered by the fact that there were ads in the interface than the breach itself, which tells you a lot about where security and trust is, and I definitely agree with her. The city of Seoul is installing new smart poles 
that are a combination of street light, traffic light, environmental sensor, foot traffic counter, smartphone charger, Wi-Fi access point, and CCTV camera. And to top it all off, the top of the poles will also be charging spots for the city's drones. I think this is really cool tech that also frightens me, which uh, seems to happen a lot on the show. And Duo is getting ready to launch a passwordless authentication service. It will allow customers to log into services protected by Duo using security keys or OS-integrated biometrics. VMware has released updates to multiple products, including for issues that enable system takeover. And Cisco has released updates to hypervisor that can lead to denial of service. And a call center provider called 200 Networks LLC exposed a database of 1.48 million robocalls, including some callbacks. So it was mostly outgoing calls that were recorded, but there were some callbacks that were also recorded as well. And evidently this was just left out on a bucket for like 24 hours or so. Technology news, Microsoft is getting a contract worth up to $22 billion to provide 120,000 AR headsets to the U.S. Army. YouTube is testing the removal of the dislike option on videos. You know what I would really love to see is the removal of follower accounts and other accoutrements and uh, adornishments that are on social media accounts like Twitter and stuff. And just like, I would like the option to see the pure content itself and maybe see the upvotes and stuff like that, but not like downvotes and not the follower count. Maybe a weighted recommendation based on what friends thought about it, maybe, but I would like to be able to tweak these options so I can see or control the weights for how something is being recommended to me because, you know, follower count and all these different, uh, you know, blue checks and stuff, they tend to influence us and make us think that something is more valuable than it is or less valuable. If someone's only got 200 followers or something, then you might not care about that content. It might affect how you read the content versus someone who has 10,000 followers or 10 million followers. So I'd like to be able to control that, take that out of the equation. LG is getting out of the smartphone business. And OpenAI's GPT-3 is being used in 300 different applications by tens of thousands of developers and is producing around 4.5 billion words per day. I think those are really cool stats, but the real question that I have is how much of that content, how many of those 4.5 billion words per day are being shown to actual readers? as if it were written by a human, and how much do they enjoy that content? Are they upvoting it? Do they consider it as good as a human? I'd really like to know that. I think I know the answer, which is generally that it's mostly slipping by, especially if they're letting GPT-3 produce, if the users, uh, you know, the developers that are using this, if they're letting it produce like five options and they're picking the best one, I think those are usually from what I've seen, slipping past human readers and being uh, consumed as as if it did come from a human. 
but I'd like to see more data on that. And Ray Dalio thinks that the U.S. will outlaw Bitcoin. I've seen multiple arguments about this. Some saying, yeah, the Biden administration is going to outlaw it because it's bad for the environment with all the heat that's generated. Other people saying, well, it's big banks and, you know, big powers that be will want to kill it and they'll just lobby and they'll get it, you know, taken out. And I've seen someone else say, basically, no, this is a chance for a green revolution because we're going to try to find a green way to generate all this energy that will power Bitcoin and other crypto and uh, blockchain-based services. So who knows? I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if this were to happen. And uh, it also wouldn't surprise me if Ray Dalio was correct about investment things. He seems pretty smart about that stuff. Companies. Next Insurance has raised $250 million at a $4 billion valuation. They basically use AI to provide customized insurance policies for small businesses. I use a service called Lemonade, which is sounding a lot like this, Next Insurance. And the idea is basically they gather more information about what you're protecting. And I assume they're gathering information about you as well like possibly likelihood of doing fraud and stuff like that. And then they're using AI and I don't know, whatever, probably a bunch of non-AI stuff as well. And they're making more granular, smart, customized decisions on how much to insure you for, right? So I think that's pretty cool. I, I think uh, I wrote a long time ago about the future of insurance being like super real time and like based on your current activity. Like I imagine someone walking into a bar or talking to, you know, a girl or hanging out with certain friends or getting on a motorcycle. And at every given moment, like your insurance premiums are being adjusted based on the data that you're providing. And of course, kind of like the progressive thing, like the more data you provide it with like cameras or microphones or whatever, I mean, this is somewhat sci-fi, but the more data you provide it, the more of a discount it will give you, but only within the confines of how much it's going to adjust your risk based on what it knows you're doing. So it's like you walk out of the bar and get on a motorcycle. Yeah. Your premiums are going up. But what's cool about that is if you're staying at home on a ranch somewhere and you know, there's no axes and there's no bears and there's no danger or whatever. And you're just reading books on golden pond. Well, Maybe your premiums drop to virtually nothing during that period of time that you're out there being safe. So I, I think that's pretty cool. I think that's the way things are going. And Lemonade and this company seem to be kind of moving towards that approach. And Substack is raising $65 million. They're just killing it in the newsletter space. I really don't like their typography. Just want to mention that. I do like the fact that it, the stuff does look consistent, I guess. That's fine. But I think Medium actually looks better. And I don't really care for Medium. What I do love about Substack is the sign-up flow. The fact that you can use your same email address. It recognizes you when you go to sign up for someone else's newsletter. Prompts you for like the different subscription you know, options. Really like a lot of what they're doing. Mostly, I just like 
the model itself, where it's connecting creators directly with the audience. So I really enjoy that. Human news. Generation X is coming out of the pandemic in much better financial situation than it went into it with, evidently, and is doing well against its generational kin, which I guess would be, what, millennials and boomers? A new study out of NYU shows that narcissism is driven by insecurity, not a grandiose sense of self-worth. This seems quite intuitive to me, but I suppose there was research going in the opposite direction, which is why it's good that we now have this study. So congrats to that team. Hopefully it will be reproduced in further studies. Someone did data analysis on 51 cities and found that murder is up around 36% compared to 2019. 36%. Evidently, the only city that went down was Baltimore. Argentina's president has tested positive for COVID some time after receiving both doses of Russia's Sputnik V vaccine. So that's not meant to imply that the vaccine gave them, gave him COVID, but rather that it didn't actually protect completely. I think there was quite some time, like weeks or months since he got the vaccine. And evidently the case is said to be air quote mild, but who knows what you could trust about uh, heads of state, uh, medical folks controlling PR. But it would be cool if it was a mild case because someone came out in support of the Sputnik 5 vaccine and basically said, yeah, it only defends against X percent for stopping you from getting it, but it defends against 100% chance of you getting an extreme version or severe version of it. So if he doesn't get super sick, then that would be good. That would be a win for vaccines. U.S. church attendance has just fallen below 50% for the first time ever. Well, is it really the first time ever, or is it the first time since measurement started? I guess we were pretty religious in the beginning. Either way, below 50%. That is pretty staggering. It was as high as 70% in the late 1990s, and now sits around 47%. So, pretty major drop in what? 20-something years. Disney Plus is going to start shooting Obi-Wan Kenobi in April. I am super excited about that. I am not a huge Star Wars fan, and I don't really consider popular TV shows to be high enough level content to be on this program, but I don't know. We're still in a pandemic. We haven't thrown this thing completely. We need a little happiness in our lives, even if it comes from fantasy. And the fact is, Mandalorian was uh, a joy to watch. So I'm happy to see them try to do that sort of thing again. So go be one. Content, ideas, and analysis. Got a lot of content written this last week. First one I want to talk about here is called Front View Mirror 2021 Edition. This is my member access annual look at current trends and how they may intersect and how we might adjust accordingly. 
So I've been writing these types of posts for quite some time, multiple years. Not necessarily on a perfect cadence, sometimes like twice a year, sometimes like once every couple of years. But this is the first version in a new series called Front View Mirror, where I'm going to do it every year for sure. And someone's already read it and basically said, hey, can we do this quarterly instead? Uh, someone else said, hey, can we do more than one a year? So haven't really posted it yet in uh, social media, and people are already saying they'd like to see more of it. So that's positive. The content itself isn't tremendously positive. I've already heard someone say, wow, this is kind of bleak. But I want to stress before you even read it that I am still an optimist, despite the trends that I'm seeing here. And I actually added a little bit to the piece to sort of supplement that view. But yeah, really excited about this one. It's called Front View Mirror 2021 Edition. It is member only because it's talking about uh, prep for the future and sort of, I, I feel like that's a service that I'm providing to members. So it is behind the, I don't know, paywall, as they say in the business. So it, one more reason to sign up if you have not signed up yet. Next one here is the Consumer Authentication Strength Maturity Model, CASM, C-A-S-M-M. And I'm at version five now after lots of feedback from tons of people in the community. So this is my new visual model for helping people understand and improve their internet password authentication hygiene. And specifically, it's for security people to help non-security people understand where they are. And it basically goes from one at the bottom to eight at the top. And basically says, look, you're down here. It also says, here's the type of attacks that you're vulnerable to if you're at this particular tier. And it tells you this is where you can move from and to to get the best possible benefit. So it's pretty cool. It's already been translated into multiple languages, uh, which is just fantastic. I really appreciate the uh, support I've got for this one. Next one is called Disambiguating Mass Shootings, which is a new essay on the fundamental difference between shootings at schools versus nightclubs. And last one here for the week, an interview with Amir Majidimer of Audio Science Review. So I basically interviewed the most interesting guy in the entire audiophile world right now. His name is Amir, and he runs the Audio Science Review Forum and YouTube channel. And is he's absolutely like snow globing the entire hobby right now by introducing measurement into the conversation. So audiophiles traditionally are like kind of like wine people where it's like, oh, I detect mahogany and, you know, my ears are so advanced and I'm not belittling them. I, I think it's super cool. I, I'm actually like, I'm in the space as well. I'm enjoying it. So it's like, I, I get that vibe, right? But Amir is also an audiophile. He's been an audiophile for like 40 years. And he's the same as all of them, and the same as I am, in the sense that he, he likes enjoying audio. But he's an electrical engineer. He used to work at Microsoft in the 1980s. And he's actually run audio teams. And he's done all this A-B testing. He's done, you know, just tons of... He's basically bringing rigor into this very subjective, like highly opinionated space. And it's just fantastic. He does a review like every day or every other day. They're extremely detailed. He posts all his measurements 
And now he's on YouTube as well. And he's just like super nice guy, super funny guy, super kind. He doesn't take himself too seriously. He's not even a full objectivist. He's like 80%. It's basically what he said on the show. So if you are into audio or you're an audiophile, this is a must listen. All right, notes for the week. So I put a lot of time into this front view mirror piece. Just talked about it. But yeah, you should check it out. Last weekend's UL Book Club was really, really fun. We had the best attendance so far. And uh, Tim L. from the community had a great suggestion to try something classic. So this month's book is The Island of Dr. Moreau. And the recommendation to read H.G. Wells came from Vicky. So thanks to Vicky for that. And last week I got my first shot. It was like, uh, yeah, a week ago or so. And I got the Moderna one. Discovery. Malware bites. So, yeah, still my go-to anti-malware tool for uh, Windows and Mac and whatever else you have. It's uh, what I recommend to everyone and have done for quite some time. Probably a decade or so. And as a show supporter, they're offering 25% off. So. If you don't have anti-malware, I recommend it. The Wayland. This is the name of a knife, a particular type of knife. It's like a traditional American pocket knife, which is not really my vibe, but this thing is, it's unbelievably great looking. And I'm honestly just trying very hard right now not to buy this pocket knife. I feel like if I put it in the show, somehow it'll keep me safe. I, I don't know. The tab is open, and hopefully next week I will not have purchased it. ifconfig.co, the most detailed and geeky-looking what-is-my-IP website out there. Although I do also love IP info, which is a uh, friend Ben's site. and. Uh, that's a pretty cool one as well, but this one is super geeky. ifconfig.co. should check that out. Roleplayful, which I think is roleplayful.io, maybe? Can't remember the suffix, but Roleplayful. Find people to play tabletop role-playing games with remotely or in person. Got a cool visual here of who Americans spend their time with by age and some interesting advice on how to make it as a writer. And the primary piece of advice here, it's a long piece, actually. I think it's on Substack. But the advice is basically be weird, which I thought was really interesting. And got a quote here and a link to Twitter, <laughs> which I find hilarious. <laughs> a lot of software is free as in piano. <laughs> uh, yeah, you ever had a free piano? No, of course you haven't. No one has. All right. Recommendations. I'm not a doctor or any sort of physical coach, as everyone knows here. So obviously use all the appropriate cautions here. But if you are healthy and able, I highly recommend incorporating high weight lifting or weightlifting into your weekly routine. I rarely feel better than right after I get done with like I don't know, three sets or four sets of like four to six reps. 
of as much weight as I could possibly lift. So I feel like completely spent, which is nice. I also feel strong. And to top it all off, and actually my favorite part is that the blood flow and like endorphins, like I guess they're endorphins that I feel like coursing through me, they give me a massive rush of mental clarity and energy. And I just feel not only do I have the energy, but I also feel just um, happy and positive and like energized about life, which I care about way more than even feeling strong, which is great. But assuming you could do this safely, I highly recommend it. So a lot of people do weightlifting, but they tend to do lightweights. I put that thing like at the bottom of like weight racks or whatever, and just like try to lift the entire thing and do it as many times as possible. And I'm in and out of the gym in like 15, 20 minutes because I'm just doing them so quickly. And I don't know, I've not been injured. I just, it makes me feel great. So I just want to pass that along. And the aphorism for the week, to fear love is to fear life. And those who fear life are already three parts dead. To fear love is to fear life. And those who fear life are already three parts dead. Bertrand Russell. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode. And here's your next podcast.